And uh, I'm quite comfortable where you all are sitting right now. <laughs> so you all didn't have to move unless you wanted to. But uh, I had been preparing this message for a while, and uh, I was telling my wife just this week, I started to text Brother Darren and just let him know, you know, I was ready. He can put me on the, on the list. But I, I thought to myself, if I do that, he's going to say, okay, what about Sunday evening? <laughs> Come Friday. So I didn't call. I didn't text him. Come Friday, I get a phone call. It's just amazing how, how, how God can trump your hand. When you try to put something on the side, on the back burner, procrastinating, and then he brings it to, to a head. Um, well you see the title of the message, and it's going to be from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. That's where I'll be, be reading from. But I don't know if you all remember your first apartment that you, you ever had. Uh, I remember mine's. And I was in, in college, and that, uh, you had to be a sophomore before you could move off campus. And we found some apartments, but it's thing called deposit. And I had never heard of a deposit for light, gas, and water. So we didn't really have that additional money for that. So believe it or not, we found an apartment in Las Cruces, New Mexico, furnished, no utilities. So no deposits. But just speaking of those deposits, you have light bill, gas bill, water bill deposits, bank deposits. Churches have direct deposit to pay their tithes. Uh, you're young, you got a girlfriend, you want to get them one of those $30,000 carat, one carat ring, and you've got to put a deposit on it. Your kids. We put a deposit in their lives. Uh, grandkids, great-grandkids. I was looking at my one-year-old granddaughter, and with me, my deposit is when they say yellow, banana, I say, that's right. My wife's case is, yes, yes, yellow, banana. Well, my deposit is just direct. Okay, you got it. What's next? Hers is putting more of a good deposit than my deposit, but it's still a deposit. But God has made a deposit in our lives also. John 3.16, you know, he gave us his only begotten son. Ephesians 1.13 and 14 says, In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, until the praise of his glory. And we as believers have been stamped with that seal of, appro of approval, of security, the earnest money given in advance for an inheritance for our airship, a purchase acquisition. And we should be thanking God for putting his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come and what we have in him. Second Corinthians one twenty two. But I was just thinking of Paul, and Paul put a lot of deposits in. Uh, he led Titus, Philemon, 
Onesimus, Timothy. Paul made a lot of deposits. In this last letter that Paul was writing to Timothy, he's locked up in this prison called Maritime in Rome. All his so-called friends, companions, had abandoned him. He's coming to the end. In an in-ground dungeon, about three feet across, a man-sized hole to be dropped in amongst about 35 other prisoners. They had taken his freedom, his churches, his possession, his future. He had no blanket in that prison to even stay warm. What did he have left for his life? He could have stayed in Jerusalem just as a Jew and, been seat and had a seat of status. He could have compromised and not be noticed by the Romans. He could have been less compassionate and just taken on one church and pastored at that church and stayed there. But the verdict is in. I have kept the faith, 2 Timothy 4, 7, which is the deposit. This is the heart of Paul, and this is the heart of this letter. He tells Timothy, I am being poured out like a drink offering, 2 Timothy 4, 6. But God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and sound mind, 2 Timothy 1, 7. A final letter from a father to his son, giving him his last testimony and final instructions. Paul is saying what John has said, we're sent to bear witness of that light, the true light, which every man coming into the world, John 1, 8, 9. And this is the job, that was the job for him, and that's the job for us also. This message is titled, A Good Deposit. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do uh, thank you for this opportunity to, to bring your word, Lord. I thank you for preparing me. I pray that you give me the liberty and the boldness to speak what you've put on my heart. And Lord, may we, uh, may we take heed of it and put it into our daily lives. We thank you, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at the first five verses in, in 2 Timothy uh, 1, 1 through 5. There's five points. It, it, won't, it won't, won't be long. Uh, authority, altruism, appeal, affection, and affirmation is what Paul is relaying to Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. First, I see authority. Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's accountable to obeying God's word. He was a chosen vessel to bear his name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. He was a design selection, Acts 9, 15. Three points in there. You've got Paul gives the means, the purpose, and the object for what he is doing. The means. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. 
It is God's divine will that no one should perish. That's God's choice. That's his desire. And that's his pleasure. And God has placed him under divine order, appointed to preach and teach. 2 Timothy 1.11. And we are placed in people's lives for that same divine purpose. Yes. I think um, I can go back to 19, I guess, 95. I was grabbed by someone by the will of God. Now, my life was just fine. <clears throat> I had a family working and could dance better than David probably ever could. Life was good. I wasn't that Ethiopian. I wasn't searching and looking for a church or looking for Christianity. I wasn't Jonah because I wasn't obeying God anyway. I was more like Festus in Acts, I think, 25 or 26, just plain ignorant to the word of God. The purpose, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, our expectations, our hope, our confidence that brings salvation, our divine assurance of good. Jesus said, I come to give you life and more abundantly, John 10.10. 10. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14.6, because Christ is our life, Colossians 3.4. Psalms 18, 19 says, God brought me out into a spacious place, a large place. He rescued me. He delighted in me. God's purpose was the promise of life for me. He was going to bring me out of that darkened space with no hope, no future. Someone like that dungeon that Paul was in, into a spacious place. The object is in 2 Timothy 1-2. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son. This first letter, he called him my own son in faith. 2 Timothy 1-2. Paul had no son of his own. Timothy's dad was no Christian. But just as a father wants his children to know that he loves them, he cares for them, he wants to be intimate with them, he wants an unbreakable bond between them, Knowing that God had given him authority in their lives, that authority is to carry out that deposit into our kids' lives. And that's what Paul was doing with Timothy. The second one is altruism, unselfish concern for the welfare of others. We think about the example of Joseph and how his brothers treated him. But in that 50th chapter in Genesis, where Joseph said, for, for I am... I, for I am, for am I in a place of God? You thought evil, God meant it for good. I would nourish you, your little ones, and comfort them, having the best interest in heart. Paul had that same idea with Onesimus, the runaway slave that stole from his, from his uh, master or his owner. Paul had won him to Christ. Paul had, had discipled him also, but he showed altruism. He didn't turn his back on him. He didn't say, uh, well, because you went back to the bottle, I'm not going to use you. Well, you stole from the master, uh, I can't use you. No, he didn't. 
and how important it is for us to have altruism, to have an unselfish concern for others and their well-being, instead of judging them right from the start or judging them based on the mistake that they've made when we make several mistakes also. Might not be as costly as them, but we make mistakes. I take the, uh, I look at myself um, in my life. Someone took time to get to know me, have a concern for me and my family, give me time to fill them out, showing me unselfish concerns. Even though it took me a while to accept Jesus Christ in my life, Paul desired, Paul desired all of God's best for Timothy. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord, 2 Timothy 1, 2, part B. See, it's the manifestations of God's grace, mercy, and peace. His grace to cover his sins, for by grace are you saved, Ephesians 2, 8. His mercy to overrule his miseries, come boldly to the throne of grace, Hebrews 4, 16. And the peace to dominate his life, to guard your heart and your mind beyond understanding, Philippians 4, 7. And then there's the source, God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. All of God's, he wanted all of God's grace for his son in faith. God's saving grace, his sustaining grace, his empowering grace, his serving grace, all the grace of God that is needed. That's what Paul wanted for Timothy. And then third, the appeal. Without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, 2 Timothy 1.3. With a pure conscience, with a pure conscience, he constantly was praying for him. Paul had seen the changes that have taken place in Timothy. As they traveled together, they ate together, they slept together, alongside each other. Paul saw the struggles, the hard circumstances of life that Timothy was facing, but still appreciated and thanked God for him. Those same words and verses from that person that was in my life, the same thing I heard. I have remembered you in my prayers. And that carries volumes in a person's life. To know that someone is praying for you, especially if you're lost, and for believers also. Fourth is affection. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of my tears, that I may be filled with joy. 2 Timothy 1.4. Paul wanted to see Timothy before the winter had set in. That's 2 Timothy 4, 9 and 21. He had a deep, loving relationship with him, an instantly craving, a yearning, greatly lusting to see him. I think about when we used to have uh, uh, Bible studies on, on Thursday nights. We'd have it at my home, or we'd have it at Bob's home, or uh, I think it was another family. 
But it was hard getting out of there on time. We craved to see each other because of the bond we had, the, the long prayer we was going to have, not including the food we were going to have, too. But it was just, even if we missed that Thursday night and came to church on Sunday and Wednesday, it's like something was missing. Well, that's the type of uh, 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 craving Paul had for, for Timothy. An affirmation. I call to remembrance the unfinged faith in you, the sincere faith in him, 2 Timothy 1.5. Even though Timothy had his struggles, Paul expressed confidence in him, both the genuineness and the richness of his faith. As a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith in Christ, 2 Timothy 3.15. Now, Timothy, through his mother, knew, I'm sure, quite a bit about the Bible. So Paul had that sincere faith in him. In my case, I had no knowledge of the Bible, not even John 3.16 at the age of 44. No knowledge. But that person still showed that sincere faith in me that I would come around. As we nurture another person, we'll be able to see the growth. Then we can express our confidence in their ability to succeed spiritually. I faced doubt. I faced guilt. I faced pride, arrogance. Failure and shame. And every time I needed that uh, person, um, every time I needed that person in confidence, when I would bump my head. Uh, when I would bump my head, uh, the person still had uh, confidence in me. That person would still tell me, like Timothy told, Paul told Timothy, consider what I say, and the Lord gives the understanding in all things. It was the love and the knowledge that he poured out in, in my life. Saying, stay faithful and see how God is going to use you. And it put a lot of weight of responsibilities on me. But it motivated my heart at the same time, knowing that that person had faith in me. And I'm not putting God in a box that... If some divine person at a divine time for a divine purpose had not invested their time and took me in as a spiritual son like Paul did, I would not be where I am today. I wouldn't be doing, I don't think I'll be doing God's work. So the question is here, have you received the deposit in your life? 
Have you made a good deposit in someone's life? I mean, not just sharing the gospel, or that being our great commission, but a good deposit. Showing our best interest for them. Having a deep, loving relationship with them. Confidence in their ability to succeed spiritually. And them knowing that you are praying for them. You know, even Jesus Christ increased in stature and wisdom and favor with God and in man. Luke 2.52. On earth, Jesus in his humanity grew. He grew intellectually in wisdom. He grew physically in stature. He grew spiritually in favor with God and socially with men. If Jesus grew, shouldn't we take someone by the hand and help them grow also? And in closing, and the things that thou have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. It is like that extremely exceptional athlete who says, I've put in all the hard work. Well, Paul did just that, getting a hole into someone's life. Uh, it cost, in the end, it cost him everything. And then in the end, all he had was his faith. But in the end, faith is all he needed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, the Lord, you know, this uh, message was very personal to me. And, and Lord, I, I see what can happen when when you put someone in your life for that div divine purpose. It's not like I'm a Timothy, but the person you sent and put in my life exemplified, Paul. Well, I thank you for all you've done for me. I, I, I thank you for, for giving me salvation. Thank you for putting that person in my life. I just pray that we all can get a hold of somebody in our lives and be appalled to them. Help us to, to love one another here in our congregation, out in our community, at work, school, different places. And just have that unselfishness and to share with them what you would have us to share to them. Thank you, Lord, for everything. And I thank you for giving me this time. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.